Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. If you would like to get in, certainly uh, feel free to do so on this. Um, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just numb. Like... If you remember earlier this week, I uh, when we got the the news of the Chauncey Garner Johnson trade, the comment that I made was that it it wasn't so much that I didn't buy the narrative that he was going to be a troublemaker and they needed to move on and he's not worth the money. They asked, and, uh, you know, we can debate how much worse the team is without him than with him, but I don't, you know, I think some of that argument is assuming that he was going to play at his normal level, which, again, if you buy the narrative, and we had Luke on yesterday, and he bought the narrative, it sounded like without reservation, he saw some of what he was doing in practice, which was not trying because he's mad about his, con- you know, not the contract situation. So um, it wasn't, I, my comment was it wasn't all that. It was just a sign of here we go again. And I've been fighting that here we go again. And then, you know, yesterday, <clears throat> the news comes out about Saints have a safety and in, in in assault and firearms, and I'm like, you 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 just got to be kidding me! It's like this can't be real. Like this can't be happening again. I'm just. You know, I've been I've been saying for a long time that this is the best roster, in my opinion, in, in the franchise's history. If and of course we don't really know what how good May is. Like we think he's pretty good, but we really don't know. Um <clears throat> If he's out any amount, you know, any significant amount of time, it'll be a lot more difficult to say. And I still think it'll be one of the best, one of the top three, or you know, one of the top three rosters in in in, in uh, franchise history. I don't know if it'll be the best. Uh, we'll see. That you know, we'll see if Evans is as good as he looks like he might be in preseason games. You know, we'll see if. Um, PJ doesn't have any fall off and 
We'll see how if the depth is as good as we think that it is. But it's just it's just the whole here we go again. I mean, you got to be kidding me. And, and you know, my first thought when I heard assault guns, I'm like, he's gonna be gone for the whole year. I mean, that was my first thought. So, oh man, I just. Can we just have a team meeting and say, come on, guys, no more bad news. No more. Enough. It's just after, you know, it wouldn't be so bad if we hadn't gone through two years ago and last year. It's just like enough. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. What's going on, Kevin? How are you, sir? Man, I'm ready for the season, but with all them, the crazy stuff that's going on, I mean, it, it don't fail. I mean, every year is something going on with New Orleans, uh, a player. I mean, last year, it was uh, some other stuff. This year, you got Kamara. Then Marcus May. I mean, he didn't even, he, he didn't even, uh, he didn't even get final anything for like the incident that happened with the Jets. So, I mean, he still got that pending on him too, so. And then he trying to say that, oh well, y'all gonna see the truth gonna come out. But I mean, why do they put themselves? Uh, I, I, uh, why, why, why? I mean, come on. I know if I if I was an NFL player, and I know me, I you know I would be just you know laid back and stuff. I mean, yeah, a lot of people like to say yeah, but sometimes push comes to a shove and somebody push you to your limit. But why would somebody push you to the limit? Is sometimes it's who you're hanging around with and what you're doing. I mean, you know, I mean, I think if you really don't want to be a person that's in trouble, you're not gonna find it. But trouble always seems to find the one that's always in trouble. Trouble always finds. No, you you know you're right. And again, I don't know. I know basically no details. I don't know. What happened? I, you know, I, I, it's just it, ma- and it matters what happened. But in t- but in my mindset right now, I just it's just like enough. I just can't take any more bad news. Um, just well, can't take. Uh, I think what about uh, next week, first game. Hopefully, we be all right. I mean, uh, everybody, uh, everybody raving about the offensive line. So I want I want to see uh. How good and how how much they're gonna hold up for Jameis, and hopefully Jameis uh could stay healthy, where we could you know at least uh make the playoffs. Well, I mean, obviously, I would be if Jameis stays healthy and they don't make the playoffs, I'll be just completely shocked. I mean, I you know I don't I don't believe that's gonna happen. But uh, now if Jameis doesn't stay healthy, hmm, we could have some issues. But we'll we'll, we'll see how all that plays out. But uh, I, I, look. One more, one more quick thing. How long are I mean, uh, are we gonna see have to see uh, uh, Uri uh, Gurriel uh, face again next year? Because man, what do you got? No more than seven, eight home runs. That's it. He's having a a really bad year. You know, obviously they love him uh, in the clubhouse. They love his defense. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. He 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 had an awful. Um, 
pandemic year, and then he won the batting title next year. But he's getting old, so I, I don't know if he's got a bounce-back year in him. It, it, it is going to be interesting to see how they handle that. But, yeah, he's he he is he's hard to watch right now at the plate. What uh what you think about uh uh Pena? Uh you think he'll pan out? Uh or you think uh well I know we couldn't pay Correa cuz he wanted way too much money. Absolutely. And and I I I like Pena. Is he struggling? Uh yeah, he's struggling. Um but he's a young player with a lot of bad speed, a lot of speed, and he has a chance to be a plus defender. So, no, I, I'm still very high on him, yes. All right, Kevin, well, go Saints, LSU-UL. Have a good one, Kevin. I appreciate it. Good talking to you, Raymond. Oh, man. I wish I had Raymond's laid-back temperature temperament sometime, I should say. Oh, man. they they, they just killing me with this stuff. Just killing me with this stuff. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Good morning. Good morning. This is Jared. I, I tried last week when you were talking about it to bring it up, and I couldn't get through. I wanted to say, you know, as deep as the Saints' uh, backfield is in, in the defensive backfield, it's never enough. It's never enough. I tell you this every year. The Saints' defensive backs practice in a cane field. Because before the end of this, before the first game of the season or before the end of the season, you're going to have three or four twisted ankles, a broken leg, 15 hamstrings, four of them in jail, and it's just and and in three of them traded to try to to shore up an offensive line that I'm not sure was in that bad of a shape to start off with. It's just if the Saints had 53 people on the roster and 25 of them or defensive backs, I still don't feel like it would ever be enough. I'm, I'm right there with you. Enough is enough with this with this attitude and this everybody wants to be a troublemaker or have a personality issue. I'm tired of, I'm tired of it, man. I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, and it's just, you know, definitely don't, don't you know, getting rid of C.J. Garner-Johnson, yeah, they might have got, you know, saved a little money and Maybe short up the offensive line to, to help where Trevor Penning was was hurt, but you're gonna have to do that with uh, not by purging the defensive backs because again every year we go through what 10, 15 of them. Am I wrong? Am I over? Well, I mean, obviously you're exaggerating a little bit with numbers wise, yeah, but it's yeah. been an issue forever. I mean, and that and the reason why I've been so high on this team and this roster the last year or two is. Every other time the Saints were good, their their problem has always been, yeah, but are they good enough at cornerback? They have never been this good. It's, even today, even without Chauncey going to Johnson, they've never been as good as they are right now in the secondary. But you can't keep losing them. I mean, as, as soon sooner or later you get to the point where you're not the best that you've ever had in the secondary because you lose too many people. So hopefully they can withstand this. Now, look, if he's, on, if he's suspended four games, they'll be okay. But if it's – you know, way more than that. I mean, who knows? I mean, and then well, and then again, you could get injuries in on top of all of that. Exactly, and it seems to be it seems to be the and that's the reason why I make the joke. You know, the defensive backs practice on a bad field because the Saints' defensive backs have a history of 
Oh, yeah. Twisted it goes, and high ankle sprain. Oh, absolutely. You know? It goes all the way back to the 80s and 90s. No question. It does. Yes. It yes. does. And it's just like, you know, they, they let go of, of C.J. Uh, Johnson, um, Chauncey Gorner Johnson, because the money thing, but they also, there's some reports are coming out about his about his attitude and things like that. Um, I, I mean, it's like, it, okay, you compare you compare that to the guy who just committed assault with a firearm? I mean. Well, but again, what, what we, Chauncey Garner-Johnson was not trying in practice. He was intentionally not trying in practice. You just can't have that. What, what a guy does, it, you know, if, if Marcus May is trying in practice and talking to the coaches, but he does something stupid, he still might get disciplined. That don't mean that, that, that he's not better for the team when he's actually on the field. If the other guy's not even trying. So it's just two different situations. Well, it, it, it seems to be a, an attitude situation. Um, no matter which way you cut, yeah, I think I think you know, they got rid of the. I I don't think the guys that are left there's an attitude situation there. Now again, Marcus May may you know again Marcus May's got some red flags, no question. So we'll see. They they might have well, made a bad uh, a bad signing there. We'll see. Hopefully he can redeem himself. All right, Kev. Thank you. All right, man. thank you. All right, we'll take one more call. Then we gotta get to our first timeout. Hello. Hello. Yes, hello. Yeah, hello, sir. Yes. I, I just wanted to make a point that I want everybody to kind of feel where I'm coming from right now about the Marcus May situation. And I understand that he got caught with a gun and all this going on with guns and stuff, but I want y'all to understand that NFL players are always targeted and everybody has the right to to bear arms. And... We also know that a running back has got shot in about what about a week ago for the Commanders, and I also know you also know that Will Smith was killed in a situation. You also know that Joe McKnight, who was from Louisiana, has got killed in what a, a situation where he has been robbed. So these players have the right to protect themselves at for whatever situation they're involved in, just like a regular civilian. So we don't know the facts to the situation. So until the facts come out, we, we, we don't have to judge until we know exactly what happened. And he could have been a, the target of something, whatever. But these players are known people who can be targeted. So when they ride with guns in their car, we, we we cannot judge them and say, hey, this and that and this and that. They should be – these players are targeted half of the time from robberies and have to defend themselves just like any other people, but especially because they're known people. So we can't judge this guy until the facts come out and know exactly what I, he did. I, because- I, I mean, that's, that's certainly a fair comment. And, again, I, I – my frustration, like I said earlier, I know I know absolutely nothing about the details of the case, so I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not judging him on this case. I'm just frustrated that I'm just sensitive to more bad news because we just had too much of it the last two years. But no, right. I, 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 I understand the yeah. frustration point because yeah. we love the Saints and that's our team, but we can't judge him as a man because we know these players are also targets with big. 
it just makes it worse that he already has a DUI on his thing. So that that makes right. the that part of it you know worse. But no, okay. your comments right. your comments are very fair. Thank you for the call. All right. Have a good one. All right. We'll take a timeout and we'll come back, shift gears, talk a little McNeese football with our friend Matthew Travis of KPLC on the game. We'll be back. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching Mop Up Time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid. Stupid. Not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case foot passes out. Back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to the game. Footnotes on the game, Southwest Louisiana sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you, Astro giveaway. Five Astros will be playing the Tampa Bay Rays. That game is scheduled for Saturday, October the 1st. We'll have a tour. You could win a tour of Minute Maid Park, hotel accommodations, and four tickets to that game on October the 1st. And if you, but you, to, to be eligible for that great prize, you have to register for the game rewards club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Um, and uh, as always, Astro Weekend Getaways, powered by Butcher Air Condition, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right, so Astros were off yesterday. Astros uh, begin a series with the little MVPs. And again, the little MVPs have been playing very well. Look, I've been having to give them a lot of credit in recent weeks. Even before this most recent series against the Yankees, they've been pitching very well. Reed Detmers had, a, you know, the big bombshell no-hitter early, but but he's been – Pitching pretty well lately. Obviously, Otani's been pitching well. Um, and so it is a um it, it, it's it's a series where you just, you know, we're in September now, and it's like it seemed like the little MVPs might start fading, but they're not fading. You know, even the A's, the A's are they're they're a glorified triple A team. And yet they play hard. And they, they, you know, they have games where they get a lot of hits. They've hit better than I thought they would. I'm still very surprised that Murphy's still on their team. I thought he'd get traded at the end of July, and he didn't. And he's had some big games. And they got rid of just about all their pitchers. And the one pitcher that was doing early, they shut down, and they're still pitching well. So it's it's um, not every game, but a lot of games. And, and they, uh, you know, again, they've. They've done a good job. Sometimes the younger team, when you bring up and you have younger players, sometimes they play harder than if you have a bunch of older players who their season's over and they're just, they've done this and they're just kind of, you know, playing out the string. They might be more... Uh, you know, an older team that's doing bad might be easier to beat in September. 
might fit along that line. Oh, we're playing so and so. That should be a win. Eh. These young players, they're they're playing hard. So we'll see what what the Astros have done. Good thing about the Astros is they've now had three days off in like the last eight or nine days. So they should be about as rested as you can be this time of the year with that many days off in a a week and a half. And so hopefully, um, you know, from a bullpen standpoint, that works. Hopefully from a – you know, just an overall general health standpoint that works. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111. Um, again, I don't know very much about the Marcus May case. I've heard what people have said. I, I don't know what any of it means. I'm not ready to make, like, this giant, you know, declaration and 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 as I said Darren's points well may we'll wait and see you know he, uh, Marcus May and his attorney are saying things are wait till you hear what happened and, and again I that's fair I mean but one thing um I want to make clear the, the DUI Obviously, it's it's an awful situation, but it ha- it did not happen when he was with the Saints. It actually happened when he was with the Jets, and he um, all last year did not get the punishment for it while he was a member of the Jets. And we comp- we talked about that in the off season. That the Saints signed him, and he actually committed this DUI before Mighty Mouse did. So, again, it, it, it's I, I don't I don't I think I'm not saying there aren't any Saints fans who are being really critical about Marcus May, but it's more about being punch drunk with all the bad news. And, and most of us or to all of us don't know hardly anything about this case. We're not arguing the case. We're just lamenting that there's more bad news. It just now it just seems to keep coming. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kev, it's Joey. Howdy, sir. Everything comes in threes. When I texted you yesterday, I was like, "Boy, here we go!" And it's so. What's the third shoe gonna drop? Just it's it's welcome to New Orleans. And I actually, your last caller was spot on. It. Years past, we'd have said, these guys, there's no need to be doing this. Why you got a gun in your car? You got to remember where these guys live now, man. New Orleans is now the murder capital and the carjacking capital of the country. And people don't want to talk about it, but that's just a fact. Statistically, that's a fact now. And if I was a Saint player driving around in my Mercedes, actually, if I was a Saint player, I'd be driving around in a beat-up Yugo and not, not having attention drawn to myself. But I get it. You're a millionaire. You're going to drive a nice car. Unfortunately, that makes you a target. And look, a kid in Washington got shot. I mean, it's, uh, my wife and I were actually laughing because uh, the way it was reported the other day was kind of funny. It's like, you know, he's on the roster despite being shot, and you're kind of looking, was that normal? I mean, is that what sounds funny about this? But it's just the sign of the times we live in. So with the Brian Robinson thing going on in New Orleans, I'm not blaming any of these cats for packing. 
sorry. And now in this case, it's kind of weird because supposedly he brandished a gun at a carload of. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, girl. right. I don't know what any of that means. It all sounds crazy, but I, but but again, I don't know what what happened. I, I you know, I, it's crazy. It's and, and like you said, the fact that he's got this history behind him doesn't help the cause. What do we do if he does get suspended? At that point, now where you're, we went from an abundance to now we're suddenly running out of safeties. So, well, I still uh, think but, they'd be okay. They just wouldn't be able to afford any injuries. Well, and they're going to happen. Injuries are going to happen. It's part of, especially at cornerback and safety, the part of the position, the way they play, it's lower extremity injuries are going to happen. So, um, yeah, it's just the fact you lose Chauncey Gardner. And, and, dude, Luke, your interview with Luke was great. If anybody has any questions about why they got rid of him after listening to Luke, well, they're just simply being naive. You can't have. And I, that was my point when I called you. They are not going to allow anybody to disrupt this locker room. They work really hard to build what they've got now. And I think that's why we consistently win in this league is because of the environment they've created in the locker room and in the building. And no single player, as you always say, it's a team game. No individual player is going to be allowed to sink that ship. So they had to pack them. And, and unfortunately, Nobody wanted to dance with us. They got what they could for them, and you move on. Now this comes on the heels of it. It's like, okay, well, now we're down two safeties. Who are you going to move over? And even with the abundance, it just brings pause. I'm curious to see what happens with this. This will probably if, if Kamara isn't facing court until after the season, I would easily imagine they're going to bump this down the road, and it's not going to impact this season. So are we scrambling for safeties next year now? I don't know, but it's just. I'm giving the players the benefit of the doubt now. The sign of the times, especially in the city of New Orleans, is you've got to be brandishing a firearm if you're going to be driving a fancy car. And the day is coming where we're going to have a Will Smith-type incident again, you watch, where somebody's going to pull a gun on the wrong person and a shootout's going to occur, and one or both of them are going to end up either shot or you know wounded or dead. It's just the sign of the time in New Orleans. I'm, I, I will not even go to a Saints game right now and park where I used to park and walk to the Dome. Uh, that's, that's how real the situation is in New Orleans for me. And people may think I'm silly or crazy because of that, especially a night game. It's, I've got stories and friends tell me of people that are flying into New Orleans. They actually are having armed guards pick them up at the airport, bringing them to their hotel, they pick them up at the door of the hotel, bring them straight to their meeting where they're not walking more than 15 feet outside before entering the next building. That's how crazy the city of New Orleans has become. And that's not futuristic sci-fi movie stuff. This is the reality of the city, current state of the city. It's really crazy over there. And I'm curious to see how it's going to affect attendance and games between the the refurbing of the superdome and the craziness going on around it because the if you think about it the dome's right in the middle of all that craziness the way they built the dome one of the benefits of having it in the middle of the city is also a detriment when things start to go wrong and there just simply aren't enough cops to police everything going on over there so it's interesting i'm giving may the benefit of the doubt i am curious as to why he pulled a gun on a carload of girls if that's true um, you know, then then you're being stupid. You you don't need to flash the gun unless they were doing something stupid. So 
as more. Well, yeah, we'll just we'll we'll just wait and see all that. There's no use to speculate on the on the on the actual details. But all right, I appreciate I do agree the call. With your last caller, I thought he was spot on. And in today's times, all you got to look at is is Brian uh, Robinson to say why are they packing guns. That's why. So, anyway, we're still going to be fine. Seven days out, bro. Who dat? All right. Take care. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, how's it going, man? How are you doing? I'm doing good, dude. Hey, look, I just got a a few things I just want to say. One, you know, I see a negativity uh, always around Michael Thomas. Now, now me personally, I could Hello? We like to make fun of him uh, because it's slant, but in my opinion, if, he, if, if he's going to run a slant, how is he catching the ball, right? So I just want to see where you stand on can Michael Thomas still be an elite receiver uh, this, this year? I Again, yeah. Do I think he can be an elite receiver? Yeah. Do I think he's going to catch anywhere – Anywhere in the in the vicinity of 149 balls, no, I don't even know that I want him to catch that many balls. So, you know, I, I if he stays healthy, I would think he'd catch between 80 and 100 balls, and not you know, as long as uh, everyone else stays healthy and and they take advantage of all the many weapons they have, I think that'll be fine. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that too, and I think you know, getting something with. Uh... Uh, you know, Juice and uh, Alave, you know, that opens up the door for a lot more uh, reception going around, and I'm really excited about the receiving core this year. Uh, my next thing would be, you know, about about uh, Gardner Johnson. You know, when I first saw it, you know, I was a little upset. You know, I really liked the way how he played, uh, but, of course, the reports coming to him and not trying, you know, I, I don't like that. You know, no one wants to have a, a player on their team that, that's not giving it their all. Uh, but, you know, something to look forward is, you know, Garner Johnson played a lot in the squad, right? And if you look at the, uh, the Honey Badger's career in Kansas City, uh, the majority of his plays came from the squad. So, you know, losing Garner Johnson but having the Honey Badger, you know, kind of playing a similar role in that case, I really like that, you know. And as far as Marcus May's situation, you know, that's – man, you hate to see it, right? I was, I was looking really forward to see him play in the black and gold. And, you know, I hope everything gets cleared up, and I hope we get to see him on the field. You know, we saw him a little bit. He actually played a little in the preseason, not a lot. Uh, He looks huge. I know that. I I didn't see him do anything in particular that stood out one way or the other. But he he looks – he plays the part. He looks the part on the field. So, we'll see what happens. I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you very much. All right, let's do this. We'll take a timeout. Come back and – um continue this on a Friday heading into a big game week. Well, footnotes on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back 
to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you about the ultimate tailgate giveaway. Powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. You could win a $500 gift certificate to Chops Specialty Meats. A new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, $500 Visa gift card, tickets to UL and LSU games, and so much more. If you would like to win, you have to enter the Game Rewards Club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Today, it's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. All right, there were, I, I, I forget who now. One of, one of our earlier callers made a comment about the offensive line. And the, the Saints offensive line, and we're going to be talking quite a bit about the Cajun offensive line, by the way, uh, at about 10.15 when we talk to Gerald Broussard heading into the Cajun season opener tomorrow. Again, big weekend of season openers. I made a mistake earlier this week. I said McNeese was at home. They're actually on the road against Montana State, which makes it even tougher. And plus, we don't really want anything from Montana. Any, I don't even like the the word Montana coming into the state of Louisiana. So, um, but no, McNeese will be on the road at Montana State. The um, LSU obviously is opening against Florida State on Sunday night, and the Cajuns are opening at about 6 o'clock tomorrow night at Cajun Field. Um, don't know what the – I've heard different – I've heard the weather reports are getting better. Uh, I, I'm not a good weather report guy. I just kind of listen and hear what people say. So hopefully things go well. Good news is the Cajuns have turf, and so you shouldn't be dealing with really muddy weather, you know, situation. But doesn't mean that rain still can't affect you. But anyway – Getting back to the offensive line issue, I think that if healthy, the offensive line will do a better job. I think the job of the offensive line is not going to be nearly as big as it was a year ago. Because if the Saints stay reasonably healthy, the ability to get rid of the ball is going to be so much easier. You have so many more weapons. If You know, last year, the, I'm not saying the offensive line played well, but I'm saying that there were the receiving core was Pabon, and they were hardly ever open. And so you had to really block a lot. Plus, there wasn't exactly – the threat of a passing game most of the year. And so running was very difficult, and it made it even worse when you were playing with backup offensive line because you had a lot of injuries among the starting offensive line. So you were playing with a backup offensive line, a lot high percentage of the season, way too many plays. And you were playing with a backup offensive line in a lot of games um, – with an offense that struggled to run the ball, partially because you had a backup offensive line, partially because you had no passing game, so it was easier to put more people in the box and just and just challenge backup 
wide uh, quarterbacks to throw to backup receivers who were mostly covered because they're not good receivers and they're never open. I mean, it's just, it was just a quagmire. It was awful. And so I, I think that the job of the Saints offensive line this year is going to, it's going to seem like they're playing way better, but I just think their job's going to be a lot easier. Because the, the there's weapons, like there are veteran receivers getting open. There, you know, you, you the tight end. You know, when when Mighty Miles comes in the game last year, he was the number one option. When Mighty Miles comes into the game this year, he's going to be like the number five or six option. And, oh, by the way, he happens to be the fastest guy on the field and the most elusive runner, arguably, in the history of the franchise. And he's going to be their fifth or sixth option. And so they really need to take advantage of him. I mean, again, there's a lot of – I have a lot of goals and aspirations for this season, and one of them is they have got to – I don't, you know, I don't know how long he's going to play for the Saints. I don't know. I don't have any idea. Hopefully he plays a long time and he stays healthy and they can maximize his potential. But before he leaves, they need to maximize his potential. They were not able to do that. It was too easy to bracket him last year. He was the only guy that could hurt you on the whole field in, in, in so many of those games. He was the only guy. And he's, you know, a midget. So, um, you know, now when he comes into the game, they're not going to be able to bracket him. There's too many other weapons on the field that are more higher up on the list for the de- uh, priorities for the defense, so they got to be able to take advantage of him. They really, really need to do that. Hopefully they can. Uh, but, again, I, I, think it's a, I, think it's a, I think football is a team game. And I know many of you don't believe that, but that's okay. It's a free country. We can disagree. But I think it's a team game, and I think the offensive line is going to see is going to. I think I think offensive line has to have a certain level of talent, no question. I mean, if you're bad, you're bad. But I think once you get to that level of talent, how good you look is largely based on how good your offense is. How quick can the quarterback get get the ball out? How many weapons does he have? I think all of that kind of ties in once you reach a certain level of talent. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Most fantastic Friday of the year, man. Friday, game day, Friday, first game of the year. Can't beat it, Kevin. It's the greatest Friday of the year. Where are you going tonight, Kevin? What game are you going to? Well, I went to rain last night, and, um, you know, I, I was pretty impressed with uh, uh, some of the weapons rain has. I think they're going to need another running back, or or poor uh, Chevalier is going to get worn out by the end of the year, just like your running back is going to get worn out by the end of the year <laughs> in Kaplan. Um, I guess too much of that NFL mentality, you know, for the first 20 years of covering sports, it was nothing. You give it to a running back, your best player, and he carries it 350 times a season. That's right, how you play exactly, football, right? Yeah. That's, that's and now I've got, now I've got it in my mind, well, you can't do that. No, but, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's two of the Pirates' opponents, Rain and uh, Beauchene. Yeah, I think Rain is going to be pretty uh, good this year. They finished up last year 
very strong. They start. They were young, you know, but uh, I, I think they now be, you know. Good. Poor Bo Shane. Their starting quarterback goes down in the first quarter of the season opener. That's never good. That oh, is no, like like a serious. Oh, I don't know how serious it is, but he 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 left the game and he never came back. Yeah, and then returned. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, and at that level, you know, uh, that, that's, uh, that's that's pretty devastating. Yeah, know, and so the running the back had to play. The running back, who's a pretty good running back, had to become the quarterback, and then you know things kind of don't aren't the same after. Right, that. right, right. And so, yeah, and yeah. but tonight to answer your question, I'll be at St. Thomas More. We'll see how. Um, how that goes? Uh, who are they playing? They're who, playing Como. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Okay, I got. I, I wanted to point something out, Kevin. I know uh, you like for me to point out when you are right, and and uh, and I, I just been. Yeah, I noticed these situations. Yeah, what was our boy? Uh, I know you and Joey get into it. Y'all been knowing each other for you know, almost your whole life. What was uh, the old boy I used to also call in, Kevin, and get into it with you? He was a. Uh, he, he uh, man, I can't think of his name. He was uh, uh, seemed like an older gentleman, and he was very argumentative. Uh, he, like what issue? I, I, I can't. Well, on everything, he was argumentative on everything, Kevin. He was kind of like Joey, you know. He, and I, I can't recall his name, but I, it was either him or Joey. And this has been quite a few years back. That loved to talk about tight ends and. And you always caution them about drafting tight ends and how great a tight end is going to be. And I want to point out that I think it was Joey that led O.J. Howard. He was going to be the next, yeah. uh, 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 you know, the next greatest superstar, uh, greatest tight end ever in the history. Of the oh, NFL. yeah, the great O.J. Howard got and, released and, again. And, and, and he got cut again and – you know, he can't stay on a team. He, get, can't, he has injuries. And, and I just wanted to point out that that's why, Kevin. Now, listen, I'm not against having a draft in the tight end in the third or fourth round. Never, ever, ever. Tight end is one of the most difficult positions to predict in the NFL. And young guys traditionally come in and struggle. And it takes them a while to, to get good. And, and right. I just wanted to. And, and that's why, and that's, but but thank you for saying that, man. But that's also why I get a lot of guff for having too much patience with Adam Troutman, and I think that's yeah. why I have so much. But now, again, if he doesn't get it done again this year, then, you know, and they decide to cut Bain, okay. But you got to have patience. Tight end's different. It's definitely a three-year project. Yes. You know, when you draft the tight end, never in the first round, obviously, as you say, and when you draft one third or fourth round, you it's a three to four year deal. You have to give them time because it's very difficult. Apparently, and I'm not sure exactly why it is. It, it's a very difficult position. Yeah. All right, Kevin. All right. Can't Thank you, Manny. Tonight, man. Hang in All there. Right. Have a good weekend. You too. We'll be back. Finish out the first hour on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. LSU Tigers roar every week here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports state. This Sunday, LSU takes on Florida State inside Caesars Superdome. Pre-game begins at 4.30, kickoff set for 6.30. 
Tune in every weekend to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You know, Joey made me laugh inside because he brought up everything happens in threes. And on one of my little text groups, we joke about that a lot because I bring that up a lot. And, and um, our friend Stevie P, who made his debut last night with doing Southside High football against Notre Dame, um, he does not believe in that. He thinks it's stupid, and I, I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with him. But his mind point, okay, where does that, like, what's the time frame? Like, if you believe in this things happen in threes thing, Steve's main point is, okay, so how long do you wait? Like, there has to be a, is it like a week? Is it like three days? Is it like two months? See, because it, you know, it's like if you wait too long, then which set of threes is it falling into is his point. I mean, and it's a pretty valid question. I mean, usually for me, when it comes to, like, this being kind of sad for a second, but, like, in death, and it comes in threes as well. That's what I've always I've sort of believed in. I always had it for, like, the year. It was, like, just that year. The whole year? Yeah. Oh, then uh, that's too For the long. new year. Yeah, no, I think that's the new long. year. I, I I think week max. Well, what do you think's gonna happen then? If you're in three, <laughs> what not. else is gonna happen? Because at some point, it, it it can't be the third thing of this little set. It has to be the first thing of the next set. Like, at what point does it become the first thing of the next set? Is the question. I guess it depends on how long you would you usually think of things grouping to be a group. I think a group has to be a short period of time. So I, I've never really known that answer, and I don't know that there is an answer. To be fair, I mean it's a, it's a you know it's just a crazy discussion. But uh, but no, uh, I was thinking about that. Like, what are the rules of this thing happening in threes? That'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, this is the my, probably going to be the last time. We're going to be speaking with Gerald Broussard, and boy, I need some therapy. So Gerald, Gerald's normally my therapist. So we're going to talk a lot about going into the cage. We talked with Cody on Tuesday, but we haven't talked a great deal about the matchup tomorrow, the season opener for the Cajuns. We'll be doing that uh, with Gerald and and some Saints issues there uh, with Gerald Broussard in the next couple segments. So um, if you would like to get in, Comment on LSU season opener, Cajun season opener, McNeese's season opener against Montana State. Um, uh, the the Saints and the situation with the, the all suddenly the defensive backfield. We've been all feeling good about the depth in the in the secondary, and now it's taken two hits 
here uh, this week, and um, or if you have any any intel on when what the time frame is for things happening in threes or at what point does it become too much to where that is an illegitimate um, statement to say, see, there's the third one. How much, how long can you wait before you can no longer say that's the third one? That's just the first one because the last one failed at two. And so the three theory is wrong. So, (laughs) Uh, you know, uh, I'd listen. Um, um, so we'll um, we'll see how that plays out. All right. So if you would like to get in again, now is the the time to do it. Um, a uh, little bit of Major League Baseball. Hannah's Mariners won last night. They are now six games behind Paul's Yankees. Now, I don't know if they can overcome six games, but it's been done before. It's been done before. Um, So we'll see. They're tied with the Rays, 11 back of the Astros overall, and six back. Uh, and and really catching the Yankees would be irrelevant because if they can't catch Astros, they're going to be a wild card. So we'll see. They're, you know, I guess the the their what they want to do is become the third seed to be the wild card with the with the highest record, and it's going to be a challenge. Them and the Rays are tied, and they've both been playing very well. So we'll see how 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 that plays out. It is Friday to Manny's point, so we'll be talking high school football. Um, a little bit, and high school football tonight is a um, is going on the game of the of the night in the Cadiana area, and one of the games in the state, obviously, is Acadiana against Lafayette Christian, and of course, you can hear all the Acadiana high games this year. Me TV FM ninety seven seven FM thirteen thirty AM, and remember, you need to go and get the free mobile app so you can follow your favorite teams, whether it's the Cougars or Barb or Karen Crow or Southside or Acadiana, like we're mentioning here, uh, the Vermillion Parish Game of the Week or the Saint Landry Parish Game of the Week. So, uh, you need to get um, the free app for all the stations that we're covering high school football. That should be an interesting game. Both. You know, I can still remember. I remember covering the game two years ago when starting quarterback got hurt and Jawan Johnson came in and as a true freshman and played, held his own, and now he's kind of a star quarterback. And Acadiana's got year two of their quarterback. We talked to Coach McCullough a little while ago, I mean, a few weeks ago, and so, well, last week. And so it was, um, it's going to be an interesting match. Very, very, very good matchup. St. Martinville. Play Cecilia tonight in Cecilia, and um, you know Cecilia did not have a good jamboree performance. They both lost in the jamboree. Saint Marville lost a close game to Karen Crow. Their offense didn't do a whole lot. They scored twice on special teams. Uh, Cecilia did not do well against Saint Thomas More in the jamboree. So. It is um it is 
going to be, a, I think, important for both of those teams to get a win. I think a lot of people thought pretty highly of both Cecilia and St. Martinville coming to Jamboree games do not count. You know, you, you do the whole idea of learning um, from the Jamboree. And, uh, and so it's going to be important for both of those teams, I think, to get a win. It's a parish. I know, um, you know, it's a big parish rivalry, obviously, and – it is going to be – it should be a good game. We'll see what happens. Um, again, a lot of troubling signs potentially from those two Jamboree losses. And so neither offense, which supposed to be really explosive, looked that way in the Jamboree. But, again, they were playing really good opponents. So we'll see how uh, that, that plays out. Westgate will open up um, its season as the defending 4A champions against New Iberia. So um, it is a, you know, obviously, a, you know, they're supposed to win. New Iberia has got a new head coach and Josh Learman. They're kind of starting over, new offense, new defense, just total, you know, they're starting to rebuild. They, they, it was not a good season for the Jackets a year ago. But I uh, just wanted to mention it because Westgate is a, de- a, a defending champion. Uh, if you want to just go to a game here locally, Turlings will be at home against Opelousas. Turlings look very good in its jamboree performance. Uh, so as we mentioned, St. Thomas Moore will be hosting Como. Uh, that game was originally scheduled for Como, but, like, uh, you know, they, they're having some field issues, and which makes sense with all the rain, and so they're going to play the game at STM. And, of course, you can hear that game right here on the game, 103-7 Lafayette. So there are Ascension Episcopal. We talked to their coach yesterday. They're going to be hosting Plaquemine. Plenty of games, in other words, in um, in Lafayette Parish. By the way, the Lafayette High Lions went to HL Bourgeois last night. Won like 50. It's going like to put up 56. So congratulations to the Mighty Lions. Opened up with a win. Uh, that was the other the the, uh, the other games last night. Northwest beat Northside 21-15. So, again, Northwest, new offensive coordinator, Kurt Ware, used to be at Rain, used to be at New Iberia. He's now the offensive coordinator at Northwest. They switched to the wing tee. We mentioned that yesterday. And got a, got a road win last night to open the season 21-15 over Northside. And, of course, Notre Dame, as we mentioned earlier, beat Southside, and that was also a competitive game. So uh, off to a pretty good start. High school football, only four games last night, but or four games, yeah, involving Acadiana area teams and then uh, a full schedule tonight. A lot of, you know, I mean, we I hit up on a couple of the, you know, more high-profile type matchups, but also, you know, the Catholic highs playing against for me and Catholic. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens in that matchup. Um and so, you know, that that that's a game to kind of keep an eye on. Karen Crow's on the road against Alexandria. We talked to Coach Corville um earlier this week. And again, he they are a um Alexandria has, you know, elevated their program. So that's a nice little test for, for Karen Crow to see how, how they're gonna do. You know, they played a lot of t- they 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 play a tough scheme. I mean, normally they're playing Acadiana in a non-district game, except for like in a pandemic year they got it got canceled. But 
Um, and so they're used to playing pretty good. You know, they've gone up to West Monroe and they've gone up to Ruston in recent years. Now they're going to, up to Alexandria. And so they, they're, they're used to playing pretty tough competition on the road. And it's helped. A couple of years ago, they won uh, the state championship. So, well, you know, they, I would think most people were looking at them as maybe the second best team going in. But lots to prove by everyone as we go into the season. So, again, really nice. Um, we talked to Coach um, Arsenault from Church Point earlier. They're playing against a Eunice team. We'll see uh, where those programs are. And, 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 you know, Church Point's got a long winning streak. They lost a regular season game in a couple of years. So, we'll see how – if they can – extend that so lots of high school football tonight to be looking at and we'll see how um if teams can get off to a good start but we've kind of hit 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 a couple of the highlights there and i kind of glanced yesterday at next week's schedule but we'll um we'll wait and talk about that maybe more beginning to middle of next week but uh not i don't i didn't totally look at every game but I didn't remember it being a, 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 a I don't think there's any games as good as Lafayette Christian Acadiana for sure so we'll um, focus on that game tonight and, and, and see what happens it is um you know, you know supposedly it's going to rain um and so there are fair there are a handful uh, maybe more a little bit more than a handful of turf fields St. Thomas Moore will be a turf field obviously um Cecilia and St. Martinville will be on a turf field, but most of these other teams are going to be playing on grass, and so we'll see. Um, I'm sh- it could impact the game. I mean, in terms of even if you don't get a lot of turnovers, just um, a lot of you know slipping and sliding, and that can really impact passing games and running games. Now, one of the things that happened a lot last night in the Beauchene rain game is there were a lot of players down with cramps I mean the game lasted just shy of three hours and a huge reason for that is because there were just a lot of injuries now there were a lot of flags there were uh, about about 200 yards in penalties uh, which I guess is not all that unusual for a first game but a lot of flags a lot of players down you know some plays last night you had two players down with cramps on this after the same play and so um that's something i'm sure we're going to see a little bit of now if it rains that might and it's a little more overcast maybe it won't be quite so hot maybe there'll be less cramping i don't know we'll see how all of that plays out but that's definitely uh something to watch out for early in the season especially in the season opener how good a job teams can or can't do and, and keeping players from uh, from cramping. And again, the lower levels you play, a lot of these guys are playing both ways. And so if you're a running back that's going to get 20-some carries and you're also, you know, starting at safety or cornerback or wherever, or even linebacker, uh, playing both ways, it could be, could be kind of dicey there with uh, preventing the cramping becomes more susceptible to that kind of uh, situation. So we'll, that's something else to keep an eye on. Hopefully it doesn't go happen too bad. Um, nice balance of overcast without too much rain, less cramping, less mud. We can, we can seek or hope for perfection anyway, or the best case scenario. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll shift gears. 
Um, I'll get some therapy from Gerald Broussard, and we'll talk a little more about the Cajuns opener against Southeastern tomorrow about 6 o'clock at Cajun Field, as well as some Saints issues. We'll be back on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you, if you have not joined the game clubhouse, you need to go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Uh, if you do, you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse, $50 gift certificate to Cypress Bayou, or a $25 gift certificate for Mabel's Kitchen. It is The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right, we have with us Gerald Broussard. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, and yourself? Oh, hanging in there. You know, I was doing mostly okay, and then... You know, the shocking Chauncey Garner-Johnson trade came down, and then yesterday we hear Marcus May was involved in some sort of road rage show with a gun in it, and so we're waiting. It's just like, oh, man. You know, when I, when I say in yourself, I'm really just being polite. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you know. You started I, talking because I knew, I knew you were going to start, and I knew right where you were going to go, and uh, I was just uh, – I'm I'm, in, I'm humoring myself. Right. Is all so can you make me feel any better about those situations, or or should I say, well, you know? Well, just, the first one, I, I think I think that it's addition by subtraction, right there. You got a guy that that's uh, you know couldn't decide if he really wanted to be there, and, and so I mean I know it's a luxury to have a good player, but he's only a good player if he wants to be there. And, and and if he's gonna and I know you know oh well he was just doing that during camp he's gonna be whatever but um, you know like I know Kev if your heart's not in if your mind's not in how good are you really gonna be and yeah. and, and you just don't need I mean you being we the coaches or, or teams you just it's it's minimizing distractions and, and that was a I mean that was a big distraction and it was only getting bigger and so I know you'd like to get a little more out of it but from him uh, of what he's worth but. Truth be known, is is every minute he's there doing what he's doing, he's becoming worth less, and so you just don't need that grief or that headache. So so cut bait, move on, and go and 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 you've got other players there. It is a position or an, an area of depth for you. So I, I think it's addition by subtraction there. As far as the other guy, you know, getting in trouble with his off-field stuff and, and some of it, you know, I think a lot's yet to be played out before we know everything we need to know, but. Uh, big thing is, is that there's still a chance you're going to have him on the field. Now, it may be a situation to where he may not be somebody that you want, depending on what you hear. But from what we know right now, I mean, you know, um, you know, we just got to see what transpires of it. But again, it is still a position of depth, and and but <laughs> your depth is dwindling. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah, that it, it is starting but, to to do that. We. You know, like I know, though, Kevin, it, 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 it's, I mean, that's no different than if they'd have twisted an ankle. 
you know, you, you got to, you, hopefully you've got some people there and, you know, you can only lose so much before it, you're just not any good anymore. But right now I think, I think you're still good. Do you kind of like the way this works now that you have three season, three preseason game? Cause now you get like this two week break before you play again to kind of get healthy. I do. I, I think if I was a coach, I'd, I'd like it right now. I say I do. I, I, I like, preseason though as as a as a person who consumes the nfl i didn't mind preseason and and i i like better when when people were cut earlier because you you got to see guys go from team to team during preseason now i come from the back when they had six preseason games too you know so right and, and i understand you know people call them exhibition and all that kind of stuff i i know but i mean i think that you could see some people fighting for spots that that, that you know earlier and the way things were before. But as it's set up now with it, I really like the setup there because not only do you get to get people healthy, but you also get to get a feel for what you have. And and, and there's still going to be some maneuvering, and there is every day if you watch the, the, the waiver wire, I mean, or, or the transaction wire. I mean, there's there's people moving every day in it. But, uh, no, I think, I think with having this week off is really good. I think the coaches get to get a good feel for it. I think your front office – is working hard. I mean, just scouring every team, trying to see where they can make themselves better. And then you get instances like you just had happen there in the last couple of days for the Saints. And now you, they, they, they are looking for to, to, to continue to build depth in every position, but now maybe a position that you weren't looking for prior to this situation. Have you, Did you ever coach and, and make a trip to Montana State for a football game? I did. I've been to Bozeman. Uh, I, I, I actually played against Montana and Montana State both back-to-back weeks in the playoffs the year we went to the national championship and uh, uh, beat Montana State at the house. Then the next week we beat Montana at the house. That was, I was at McNeeston in Lake Charles. And so right. we beat Montana State, then we beat Montana, then we beat Villanova, and then we went and lost to Western Kentucky in the national championship game in, in Chattanooga. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know if it was the year after or the year before that we went to Bozeman and um, it was it was it was cold and rainy in September, and I'm thinking, man, why would anybody live here? <laughs> <laughs> but they do, and they like football up there, and it, it's a neat it's a it's a neat place. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a, yeah. So to answer your question, yeah, I've been there. And but McNeese, it seems like that's going to be that's going to be a tough that's going to be a tough opening chore for them to go that far, and, and they they won. A lot of games last year. So, as far as the Cajuns tomorrow against Southeastern, I've been trying to think in the last two days exactly how I was going to predict this game, and I just, I just keep getting this scent from the Cajun coaches and players that I interview that they just have this um, underlying confidence. Just wait, you'll see. I mean, do, do you kind of sense that? I do believe that. I, I, I was in the building last week uh, kind of walking around this business with some folks and just wanted to go by practice for a minute because I missed a scrimmage the Saturday before. I uh, went to the first one and then missed the second one, so I wanted to get around the building. But it, it is a very and, – and you you'll know what I mean when I say it's a very business-like mentality in there, workman-like mentality, uh, more so probably than any team I've, I've seen in a long time. I mean, it's, it's 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 not a lot of jawing and, and chirping or anything like that. It's it's a uh, very businesslike and 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 
Yeah, I mean, and I think that that's happened here. You know, it kind of started with with under Coach Hud. You know, and, and I think towards the end there with with us with with Coach Bussell, we were fighting to find a way to win games, but we lost so many there at the end. And and then the Cajuns and look, and I was one of the first to say Coach Hud for a while had a horseshoe up there now because it seemed like anything that could happen good at the end would happen good and the Cajuns would win. But but they found a way to win games at the end. And then with Coach Napier coming in and his staff, I think that there's there is an air of expectation around there that you know they just it's, it's not uh, uh, hope we can win. It's we're gonna win. It just. It might not be pretty, but we're going to win. And, and you know what, I, what I've said several times, and you know me well enough to know there is no such thing as an ugly win. No, They're I, all good. No, I, I, I get that. Good. You know, if if it, you know after a month or so we say, well, they were fooling themselves, is, is it the offensive line is where you think they could be, or what's your biggest area of concern going into this? Well, it, it is only because of the lack of experience there. The offensive line, the quarterback position, the depth of the running back position. I feel good about the tight ends and the receivers there. I feel good about the defensive line. I feel good about the second level level players at the linebacker and safety level there. And I feel good at corners. So um, I'm, I feel confident in the kicking game. So it's just the lack of experience you have, as the guys say in hike. And, and the guys up front. I mean, you know, it's it, it's one thing to to lose people to graduation. It's a total different thing to lose another eight people to transfer that all were eligible to be on your team. Of those losses, you know, we wouldn't have any questions about where we are if if you had the, you know, the the, the running back that's going to be in the SEC and the other running back that's going to be in the Big Twelve and a, and a guard that's going to be in the SEC and a backup in the SEC too. So. Uh, you know the, the receiver that, that really doesn't bother me, nor do any of the others. It's just that those, you know, the depth of the running back position has been challenged due to the transfer portal, not due to graduation, due to right. the transfer portal. And, and and same with the offensive line, the depth of the offensive line. If you had those two guys in the offensive line, I don't think we'd have near the question we do. Now I say that, Kevin, knowing that we don't, and so. That's where some of the things is are, but you know, I think the schedule sets up well for a team that's trying to develop an identity, find itself, and then go go out and and set a, a tempo and a tone for who they're going to be. I think it's a good first couple of opponents on, at home, and then and then you get to make a couple of road trips that aren't too tough. As far as the trip itself being tough, you're not talking about having to go to Bozeman. You know that's that's a that's just a tough trip to make. No, you know? it, but it, it, it is. You go to you go to Houston. You go to Monroe. I mean, it's not a it's not a physically a tough trip. You know, it, it just you know. Like I said, I've been to Bozeman. But the only place harder to get to is Boone. And, uh, <laughs> All right. So you know, I, it, during August they were like giving us numbers, and now we have a have an action and. I, you know, Coach Des kept saying that number seven, and I'm trying to count, and, and and it wasn't all adding up in my mind. But then we get the news that King McGowan's out for the year because I thought they had they I thought they were coming out of the spring feeling pretty good about him being not necessarily a starter, but a but a decent you know a, a workable or functional backup tackle, uh, and he's out for the year. And now. You know, I was thinking that the Michigan State transfer, James Ahumma, was going to be a guard, and now he's listed as a backup tackle. And so 
that's probably kind of a puzzle piece that's going to continue to, to change as the year goes on. Well, I think it's you always have to have that. I mean, you look at the you know, NFL rosters and you deal with seven to eight uh, up front. You know, and, and one guy's – you've got to have multiple guys who can snap. And that's the number one thing. I got caught in a situation where I was coaching offensive line of losing the center. And I said and, – and, and having people struggling to get the snap. Well, we take, taught everybody how to snap after that. So we were going to get out of the game. And I know that you have that and you, you're going to have some depth there with people who can snap, but you got a guy like Jack Harrington who you've got listed as a guard, but he can play anywhere across the line. I mean, he can play the tackle. He can play the center. He can play. He's going to play guard. Uh, and, and I think you have some others like that. I think that the tackle, as you mentioned, that the, the, the you know, call him a tackle for Michigan state, but I was in the same boat as you. I thought he was going to be at, at, at an inside position there, but he's not, I mean, you, you know, David Hudson is starting at center, but he can also be a guard and has played guard, uh, you know, and so you, you've got to have some interchangeable people in there to get you going. Uh, and, and I know that you want to grow depth, uh, and, and really thought that King was going to be somebody who was going to develop this year and, and, and maybe not start this year, but get playing time this year to put himself in a position to start next year, which he'll still be in a position to do. It's just you would like for him to gain some experience through repetition on the field. And, um, you know, but, but you, you got some people in there that, that have been around. You know, Nate Thomas has played. A.J. Gilly has played. David Hudson has played. Carlos Rubio has played. Jax Harrington has played. Now you look behind that, and you've got some, some new names in there. Right. And, and, and that's okay, too, you know, because, like you said, you, all you're trying to do is get to seven to eight. And if you get to eight, then, then that's fine. Then you're trying to develop a ninth. And you're going to have guys on the trip that, that may or may not get in uh, at, at times, but, but hopefully just being on the trip, they'll learn, they'll gain experience. And, and again, you got five guys who have played and had success and are more than capable. Now you're just trying to develop depth behind them. Same, same thing at the running back position. You got a guy you know can play. Chris Smith can play. You know that. You know, but, but you know, between Williams, Washington, and Cabote, you know, you're trying to develop depth behind that. Are you worried about how are you worried about Chris staying healthy? And they've always had a three-headed monster, but it seemed like it might really be important from a just to make sure that he's healthy standpoint. Well, and, and worry may not be the right word. Uh, there's always a concern of of anybody, you know, losing anybody to injury and stuff like that because you want them to be physical. You know, Chris is – everybody thinks of Chris as a fast guy and he can do things outside, but he's got a burst inside that he can make plays on the inside running game. Now, he's going to get beat up. I, I, I sit there and I think back of, you know, Raymond Colley when he, when he was there with Trey Regis and stuff, everybody, well, you know, Raymond runs outside, Trey runs inside. Raymond was really good inside. And, uh, you know, he just didn't get as many reps, and so he was able to stay healthy with that. You know, Elijah was there, too. That helped also. But, uh, you know, with that, I think that I, the, the extended and um, extra reps that Chris gets is going to expose him to, uh, you know, a little more chance of getting hurt. But, you know, I, he's a good player, and you hope that he's a bell cow. And look, Cabote's got some thickness to us and to him, and you know Chris weighing two hundred pounds and everybody else weighing two twenty or above makes it a little bit different. But it's still going to be gas, and and that's what that's what he has, and that's what he's got to play on. But 
yeah, every every extra rep he gets is is just a chance to expose himself to you know running the risk of being hurt. Well, you, you're right with Cabote and Washington and Williams. Those are some thick ones. I mean, they they are thick. I oh, mean, yeah. they're all yeah. 220 to 230, and so uh, that, that that could bow well. All right, well, let's take a timeout. When we come back, I want to uh, get a little more of the technical side, discuss the cornerback situation going into this game without Trey Amos and, and what the possibilities may or be not be for defensive coordinator Lamar Morgan. Again, we're speaking with Gerald Broussard on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Hello. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. We're speaking with Gerald Broussard. All right, so for a lot of fans and media members, we look at wide receivers as wide receivers and cornerbacks as cornerbacks and safeties as safeties, but it's not really the case. So in particular with the Cajuns cornerback situation going into the Morris season opener against Southeastern, Trey Amos is being held out. He's a starter on what they call the boundary side. Um... He's a bigger guy, 6'1", about 200 pounds. He had a hamstring tweak, and so they're trying to be careful with that. His backup is Caleb Anderson, about 6'2", 200. And, you know, that's where Makai Garner played last year, who was also another bigger cornerback on the others. You know, my mind, my initial thought was, well, you got Eric Guerra, you got Amir McDaniel, and you got Keon Martin, but those are all more 5'8", 5'9", guys. So talk about the complication of what you might lose if you end up having to play one of the smaller guys in uh, in the Amos, Trey Amos spot. Well, and if you just think about it, when you look at the physical stature of them, it, it, it's like an inside-outside linebacker, an inside-outside defensive lineman. You know, there you you on the boundary side, you're facing uh, a little bit bigger of a receiver in there, and so you ended up. It's just the routes are different on there, and you don't have as much ground to cover. Whereas your smaller, quicker, scattier, uh, less physical guys, you tend to play to the field because they have they got more field to work with. And, and so that that's all it is. Is it's a, the routes you see into the boundary are different. The, the the you're you're more involved in your run support because you're you're in a shorter area, more constricted area right there. And you've got help from your safety because it's just it's it's you know if you're playing off the hash, you've got less room for that safety to cover if you want to play a half type safety. So it, it's a bigger, a more physical position into that. Uh, and so that's why you have the bigger, more physical guys in there. Uh, so usually, I mean, it, you know, when, when you think about it, an offensive lineman, we, we, we played it as, as a right side, left side. A lot of people play right side, left side. Well, a while back, you were playing a strong and a quick tackle let's say so your your strong side tackle was always going to be a little bit bigger and your open side tackle who never had a tight end next to him was going to be a little bit uh more agile because he he never had any help next to him and so it's it's it, the tough part of it is is that you end up with a situation like you just said if you're playing right side left side corner then you can flip a guy 
because you know he he sees all the same. He he is a boundary sometimes, and he's a field sometimes. So he sees both. When you're playing boundary and field, if you lose a guy, then you it's harder to take a, a field corner and move him into the boundary because you haven't practiced him into the, the seeing all that kind of stuff. It's a different position. So uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit different. But, you know, the thing is though is that we're you know, with what you're going to see, the experience level of the quarterback that you're getting ready to go against, as well as the receiving core that you're getting ready to go against, it's and look, the guy may show up and beat Johnny Unitas tomorrow night. I, I doubt it, but you know, the, I'm talking about the quarterback now, Cephas Johnson from from uh, Southeastern. He just has not shown he can do anything like that, and so. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a little bit easier for the Cages to handle that. They also, Southeastern being they, also have, you know, one guy that's caught a million balls and, and everybody else is way behind him. And so, you know, if you, if you can keep an eye on that one guy being C.J. Turner, then you, you'll probably be okay, especially with, with the quarterback that they have. But, yeah, and, and um, but it is two different positions. The boundary, just because they're both corners, doesn't mean that they're the same position. The boundary corner is different than the field corner. Now, if you're playing right and left corner, then that's the, that's the same, you know. But if you're playing a boundary and field, then that's too different. And and there's their 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 body structure. That when you talk about it, you're going from five nine one sixty to six two two hundred, that's a big difference. The uh, the other thing you mentioned, Cephas Johnson, and, and yeah, I don't. I think he's more of an athletic quarterback than he is a pocket passer. Kind of, you just referred to that. And so, one of the things that I think the Cajuns are going to be really good at this year is with AJ Riley and and Andre Jones on the edge. They're really. I mean, they've gotten out, they got after the quarterback last year. I think they're going to really be able to get after the quarterback. But it's going to take that discipline uh, because I don't know how long he's going to stay in the pocket tomorrow. No, he better not. I'm just saying, if he stay, he's gonna get hit now. Uh, if he, 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 in order for Southeastern to to have a shot, he's gonna have to be able to to be athletic and do those kind of things. Because if I, I just don't, and now he looks the part. He's a big old good looking rascal, but that's not his game. Is to stand there and let people take shots at him. You know, he had more rushing yards than passing yards, and, and so and. With that, though, I think the Cages will be able to get after the quarterback. I think talent-wise, as far as the the pass rushing ability of the Cages that are coming at them, uh, yeah, I think that they're going to have to be able to put that kind of pressure on them and enforce. And I, I know I, I, Southeastern's going to have to be able to run the football and shorten the game to make it a game. Uh, it's not going to be like last year when when Nichols got after the Cages because Lindsey Scott was so athletic and could throw. Uh, that was a thing, you know. He 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 made plays running, but he would he hurt the Cajuns throwing the football too. Now, for those who remember, I didn't broadcast it. I watched that from the house. I was coming off my my surgery, but uh, yeah, just watching that. This this is a different animal than what the Cajuns faced against Nichols with that quarterback, that transfer quarterback compared to this one. The uh, one of the other things that um, I am a little concerned about is replacing Taylor Humphrey and Jaquan kind of tweaked an ankle. It looked like in the, in the second scrimmage, but he's back and I haven't seen really Marcus Weiser junior college transfer, but they've talked very highly of him and he's going to be one of the guys that I'm hoping to be able to, to really get a good feel for tomorrow. 
Yeah, I had him penciled in, not knowing. I had him penciled in at three or four on the depth chart. And to see when it came out with him at number one, and I know he's a transfer in there, so you really don't know. I, I that was I was I'm kind of excited to see it. Look, he's he's not big sauce now. I mean, Taylor Humphrey is a monster, yes. and, and we know that. And they they're just they're not a whole lot of people on the face of the earth look like that, you know. So to to say that the Cages are going to replace that big and 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 much physicalness, that that's going to be a chore. But they, they may can get some other stuff out of the position that they did not get with Taylor. And most of the time, they didn't get a good pass rush out of it. Now, they, I promise you, every center in the Sun Belt is happy he's gone because his pass rushers just beat the hell out the center. And uh, and if the quarterback happened to stand in the way, well, he was liable to get trucked too. And, and so it just, that, that was Taylor's move was just to maul the guy in front of him. And now, though, I think that the other guys may have a little more agility in there. So I am. I, I really anxious to see how Weiser does in there. You know, moving Jordan Lawson in, he's gained some weight. And so I'm anxious to see him. And then they've got some familiar names in there who have played a lot. And then, you know, Zion Hill Green, uh, he could play now. And then and, and he just doesn't need to. I think that he he's going to be more effective, and Michael's talked about that by them minimizing some of his snaps and maximizing his his uh, ability to be fresh and to take advantage of some of the guys that he's going to go against, and uh, just by being a little fresher. And so, yeah, if that guy stands still, and he he's going to be in trouble. But they, again, you know, he 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 will break and he'll elude some people and he'll get out in, in open space and they'll just have to make tackles and. and uh, Hopefully, make him not want to do that the next time. And that part of it is that that's what's fun is because when the quarterback runs, he's not no longer a quarterback, and so you get to splatter him all you want, you know. So if he does run, then by that time to go splatter somebody. Would it being such a rotation and and, and Zion obviously being around, I, I've always kind of had pretty high hopes for Mason Narcisse. Do you think it's going to be next year where he really kind of has his? breakthrough season or you still think there'll be enough opportunities for that to happen this year i think it's going to need to be this year i really do i i i I, i'm ready for it i know he's ready for it and i think he's going to do it this year i think he'll be more of he'll carry a lot of that load because they won't have to they you know they I, i as long as he's capable then that allows zion not to have to play as much and, and and I know he's capable, and so I think it's just going to become a trust. Let him in there, let him get his nose blood, let him dirty it up, and he'll mess up. That's okay, you know. Go mess up and make up, and and uh, you know, get, get flushed that, get mad, put him back in, you know, because he's more than capable. And, and I think this year will be the year he'll, you know, he's going to add to that. And I think by the end of the season, it won't matter who you have in between the two. And then a fresh Zion coming in behind a, a Mason that's beat people up throughout the, the game. I think that's you're, you're only going to benefit from that. The one thing that might end up being the most surprising from the beginning, because even, you know, Coach Dez is like a lot of head coaches. He doesn't like making too many emphatic statements, but he pretty clear cut said that Kenny Amadeus was the kicker to beat. And it looks like Preston Stafford, the transfer from LSU, did beat him. So whether it's Preston or Kenny or some combination, 
could also make a big difference. One of the most ironic things is the Cajuns are 13-1 and in all these one-score games, and field goal kicking was a major liability. Normally, that means you're good at field goal kicking if you win a bunch of close games. So that could be a, a, an extra plus for this team if they can get some stable field goal kicking. Well, I know that they listed Preston on top of Kenny on the depth chart, but it did say R. And so I think you're going to see both because we know what Kenny's capable of. And, and and I know that and I've, I've, I've and look I'm a big fan of Kenny's I see him around the weight room around the complex when I'm there just don't get carried away and not not in the weight room you yeah. know but but uh, I see him and one of the things I tell him every time I see him is that take care of your leg don't overkick you know because when you're in a kicking competition a lot of times those guys will overkick and and, and now all of a sudden they end up with issues and they and, and and now you're trying to go through the season with a dead leg kicker which is not good. Uh, but but I know that you know I we we and I say I we know that Kenny is more than capable uh, during the games. You know, uh, Preston's come in and, and he's added competition to that. But those competition reps have come in practice. I think I know they're going to both get opportunities in the game. And what you said is correct. I mean, how many times are we crossing our fingers when guys went out to to right for field goals? You know, it's just you're hoping as opposed to and look. I say that only when Kenny got hurt. When Kenny was there, I didn't. I mean, I didn't work. Yeah, he, just, he did well. Yes. He, yeah, he just he just didn't have the leg to go fifty. Although he's, I say that. I mean, he has, but it just, you know, he was so consistent with the ones you got to make, you know. But you had Nate who had a huge leg, and it just, you know, he just never had the confidence in his accuracy, which was why he was there, you know. But but. uh you know, now I think that you, you've got two guys, obviously, that the coaches feel good about. Chances are you've had to do it every year we've been here. They've had kickers. <laughs> I mean, kept, kickers get hurt more than the quarterback did. Yeah, it's around crazy. here. Yeah. You know, which is crazy. You know, that's the thing that, that dude, Levi played every play he wanted to play. It, it, Every it, play it, he wanted to play. It's unbelievable how many snaps that guy played, and then you, 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 your kickers are getting hurt. It's crazy. All right, sir, we're out of time. I appreciate your time, as always, very much. We'll finally have action, actual games to dis- to talk about next week. Uh, and have fun tomorrow. I will. Y'all too. See take care. Thank you very much, Gerald Broussard. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out the show next on the game. Welcome back. We had a little too much fun in that last segment, so we'll be wrapping up the show here. Do want to remind you, however, if you don't have plans and you enjoy watching football with friends and just talking sports with people, Sunday night, LSU's playing Florida State. You need to take advantage of the LSU watch party from 6 to 8 on Twin Peaks on Johnson Street. Matt Miguez from Crunch Time will be there, all kind of great beverages and burgers and hang out and talk sports and see what a future Cajun opponent looks like in Florida State and see what the LSU Tigers are going to look like in the first game under Coach Kelly. So the LSU watch party at Twin Peaks on Johnson Street Sunday from 6 to 8, and it should be um, – really, I think it should be an interesting game. Just that there's so many question marks around LSU's program and obviously a huge amount of question marks around Florida State's program. And so, uh, and the fact that the Cajuns will play him later adds that extra little bit of interest to that game. So, should be uh, inter- interesting contest. All right, it's been a long week. It's been a long trying week. 
Um, at least we'll get some games played. We'll have some. We'll be looking forward to the Saints. It'll be game week for the Saints and looking back on LSU, the Cajuns and McNeese, and see what happens. So, y'all have a nice and safe weekend.